And tonight we're going to look at John chapter 14. And uh, as you know, we've been looking on Wednesday nights at some of these um, little f- familiar but um, powerful verses of Scripture. And uh, I don't know, I don't really have a title for the what was the series. I, I guess you could just talk about, you know, power-packed verses or uh, some of these verses, a lot of these verses, uh, you'll hear them quoted a lot as far as uh, in preaching and teaching, but as far as um, uh, sitting down and, and, and looking at the context and all, uh, maybe they were neglected a little bit. So tonight we're going to look here in John uh, chapter number 14, uh, and we're going to be reading uh, beginning in chapter number 13. Uh, now, when you read your Bible, um, you need to understand that the verses and the chapters were added. When these were written, these letters were written, uh, they, they, they didn't have a chapter and verse. They were added, but they were added for our benefit. It'd be real hard tonight if I said, all right, we're going to read, I'm going to be preaching from John, and we're going to be in the 14th uh, uh, or the 29th uh, paragraph and the third sentence. You know what I'm saying? So, so what I'm saying is we're going to start reading in chapter 30, 13, verse 36, we're going to read down through chapter number 14, and I just, uh, sometimes we get to those chapters, we just stop, but the thought, the, the, the thought the f- continues on in chapter number 14. The Bible says in John chapter 13, in verse 36, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And if you underline your Bible, you ought to underline that phrase, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay my life, I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. In chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Remember Peter's question in verse 36. Whither, whither, uh, he says in verse 36, he says, whither goest thou? So this is the answer. Jesus said, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to bless the reading of the word tonight. I pray, God, that not only would you bless the reading of thy word, but the preaching of thy word. Lord, I know that in your infinite wisdom you chose the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. And I know tonight, God, that what I'm doing... It's something that you have set aside and you've ordained. And Father, I don't know why you would want someone like me doing the preaching tonight. But God, this is your plan. I pray tonight that, Lord, you'd help me to get out of the way. And I pray that you'd take this message, 
Lord, that you've burned into my heart, and I pray that you'd burn it into the hearts of those that are here. And Lord, above all things, I pray for the one that's here tonight that may be lost and on their way to hell. I pray, God, you'd convict them, and Lord, you'd show them, Lord, what a miserable state they're in, and allow them, Lord, to come to know you and the free pardon of sin. Lord, we do love you tonight. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Lord, you would have been fine. Lord, it would have been enough if you had just saved me. But not only have you saved me, but you've called me and you've helped me. And I pray tonight that you'd help me again. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to look in verse 6 tonight. And uh, this is an oft-quoted verse. But again, I want us to look at it in light of the context tonight where we find it. The Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And tonight I want to preach on that verse, and I want to preach on the simple thought, He's all I need. He's all I need. Thomas asked this question in verse 5, that perhaps is one of the greatest of all ages. How? Can we know the way? These men, now, again, I want you to understand, they were, Jesus was informing them and telling them probably the last thing they ever wanted to hear. He was going to leave. They had sold out. I mean, they had given everything. They had forsaken all and followed this man for three, three and a half years. And now he was going to leave them. And listen tonight, all of us have had times in our life where we have had things told to us that we never wanted to hear. And from that, Thomas said, Lord, how can we know the way? You see, I believe, and there's Thomas is one of those Bible characters that gets a whole lot of criticism. But to be honest, every one of us has no room to talk about doubt in in Thomas' life. And if we had been sitting in this room and if we had been hearing what he was hearing, then you and I might have said the same thing. How can we know the way? Did you know that ever since the very beginning, man has been trying to make a way to God? They built the Tower of Babel. Why'd they do that? They was trying to get to God. They thought, listen, they thought that they could, they could make their own way to God. What about Cain when he, uh, when he brought those, uh, uh, the works from his hands and tried to offer that? He was trying to make a way to God. And all through the Bible, we find that man has tried to make a way to God. And listen tonight, man has always failed to make a way to God. Listen tonight, Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What he was telling Thomas is, Thomas, I'm all you need. Don't worry about what's about to happen. Don't worry about what we're about to go through. But just follow me and you'll get to where you need to go. I'm glad tonight in this world that we live, oh, aren't we living in chaotic times? I mean, we're living in chaotic times. I don't know if in my life there has been a more hostile world than the one we're in right now. It's as if everybody is on edge. 
It's almost like everybody, I mean, it's almost like the world has got a spirit right now, an evil spirit about it, where people are just waiting to go off and it seems like a ticking time bomb. And listen, in this world we live, we need to be reminded that Jesus is all we need. He's all we need. You see, the reason Thomas was so concerned and these men were so concerned was because Christ had become the answer to every need in their life. And they had cast themselves upon Him completely. And now they were afraid because they were going to be separated from their source of help. But Jesus answered him in such a powerful way and such a clear way. And what he was telling him is, Thomas, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to dread. You don't have to wring your hands. He says, listen, I'm here and you can stay. You have, as long as you have me, you have all you need. And tonight, the world would have us to think that we need a lot of things that we don't really need. I mean, listen, we, we, we are very bad about confusing wants and needs. And, and, and to be honest, tonight we need to get back to the very fundamental truth that in the Christian life, I mean, I thank God for, for, for uh, you know, for, for materials and for books and for, for all that. I thank God for programs and for, for, for all these things that we have. I thank God for technology and uh, I thank the Lord for air conditioning. Amen. And it's working good tonight if you can't tell. Amen. And when I, when I come in and get a cold chill, you know it's right. But anyway. But but listen, we, I thank God for all the things we have. I thank God for automobiles. I thank the Lord for indoor plumbing. Amen. And electricity. And all those things. But tonight, the truth of the matter is that most of us tonight have become dependent upon these things. And our life is tied to these things. And our life is bound by these things. And the truth is tonight that all we need tonight is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is an all-sufficient Savior. That means that in Him and by Him and through Him, He has everything we need for life and for godliness and to please Him. But let's look quickly tonight in verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The first thing I want to say tonight, He is all I need. He's all we need, I guess I should say, for our direction. For our direction. And, and, and has anyone ever been lost before? I mean lost. I'm not talking about spiritually lost. I'm talking about literally lost. Kim and I, when we before we had kids, you know, we was able to do stuff together. We went coon hunting one night. And uh, we was hunting in uh, Barfield out in Tennessee. And it's a flat place. It's kind of a swampy place. And, and, and man, I was just trying to be the man, you know, trying to be, you know, I know what I'm doing and all that. And, and, and I had a dog, a black and tan named Zeke, and we turned him loose in that bottom and he went there and he treated coon just like that. And I said, man, I, you know, my old chest was sticking out and I had her under my arm. We was walking through them woods. Now in the process of all this, I forgot to mark the truck. And I thought, well, I've been here before. I'm finding my way out. And, uh, and so we went to the tree and, and, and I said, let's cut him loose again. We cut him, and he went there, he treated another coon. Boy, I was proud. 
And we got to that next tree and, 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 uh, and, and we got them off the tree and I said, well, let's go back to the truck. And, uh, and in case you ever do get in the woods at night, you're a whole lot better to get in the hills than you are flat ground. And I'm in this flat ground and, and we got to walking and we got to walking and I said, well, you know, and, and then big bottoms, every tree looks the same, everything. And we got turned around and she said, you know what? Oh yeah, I know the truck's just right over here. It's just, uh, you know, <laughs> after a little while, I said, I just want to show you around these woods. Let's see how the kind of, there's a big pretty hickory tree over here. I want you to see it before we go back to the truck. And we got in there and we got in there. Long story short, before it was all over, we was riding in the back of a pickup truck. I was sitting, we were sitting in the bed of a truck with a dog and her, and he was trying had to take me back. We got lost. But did you know that man is born in that condition? Lost. When you're born, you're born in a, in a lost state, in a lost condition, in a depraved, a dead, depraved nature. And, and the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6, all have we like sheep have gone astray and we've turned everyone to his own way. But the good news is Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, man cannot save himself. He is unable to save himself. He's incapable to save himself. He can try and do the best he can. And the harder you try, the more lost you'll become. You see, if you kept all of the Word of God and obeyed every commandment and you, and you messed up one time, you come short. D.L. Moody said this, he said the man that attempts to, to build a ladder to heaven is going to climb it and when he does, he'll find that that ladder is one rung too short. And it's sad tonight that here where we live that there's many people that have been deceived into believing that their church attendance and their faithfulness and their good works and their effort is helping to save them. But I've got news tonight. Without a Savior, we're all lost tonight. Jesus said, Thomas, I'm the way. And I thank God that I found the way one night. Amen. And the way found me as a 16-year-old boy. He's, but He's all we need for direction. This world has no direction. That's why they bounce here and they bounce there and they go here and they go there. And listen, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, it was all, they, they was all, it was all, it's, you know, it's the dare and get them off of drugs and that didn't work too good. And, 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 and then, and, and, and now, you know, the world's trying all these different things and they think that somehow it's going to make man better. But the truth of the matter is the Bible says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse and the world is getting worse every day that we live. He's the source of direction from our sin. From our sin. You understand, Thomas, he says, Thomas, you're a sinner. And I'm the way out of sin. Amen? I'm the way out of sin. You can go and do uh, all the programs you want and seek medical help and psychological help and emotional help, but the only true solution for sin is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only way from sin. Did you know that tonight? There's not many roads that lead home. There's only one road. When I lived in Murfreesboro, there's a whole lot of uh, Church of Christ there and, and there's a lot of good people. I'm not downplaying them or, or, or being mean towards them. But the truth is they're taught a work salvation. 
And I was talking to a man I worked with. He was an elder, an elder in the Woodbury Church of Christ, which is one of the oldest and the most, I mean, died in the wool, hunter proof, I mean, just uh, militant church there is in the whole world. When, when Campbell got kicked out of Kentucky, that's where he went, Woodbury, Tennessee. And I worked with, he was an elder of the, in that church. So, I mean, he was a real deal. I mean, bona fide. If you'd never seen one, you've seen one when you've seen him. And, and one day we was talking about this, and, and, and man, he would just get mad. I mean, just, and y'all know how good I am about staying calm and not getting upset. And, and he, done, he just got, I don't know why y'all are laughing, but he helped. He got so upset, and, and uh, he says, you're wrong. I looked at him, and I said, no, no, you, no. I said, you're wrong. I said, let God be true, and every man a liar. He said, if we leave, we was in Murfreesboro. He said, we can leave right here, and we can go out Broad Street, and we can go up Old Nashville Highway 41, and we'll get to Nashville. He said, we can go out here and hit 840 and go to Lebanon and hit 40 and go to Nashville. He said, we can go to 24 and get on 24 and go to Nashville. He said, we can go to Columbia and get on 65 and go to Nashville. And he said, we'll all get there. We'll all get to the same place. And I looked him in the eye and I said, Danny, the only problem is we're not trying to go to Nashville. We're trying to go to heaven. And there's only one way. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ and His grace that He's provided for you and me. Liberalism says there's many ways. Materialism says that you can obtain enough goods and, and perfect your environment and you can get there. Ecclesiasticism says that through sacraments and rituals and baptism and, 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 and all these things that you can, and church membership and tithes and offerings, you can get there. But Jesus said, I am the way. You can go to hell a Baptist. There's a lot of them going to be there one day. You can go to hell a Methodist. You can go to hell a Presbyterian. Oh, you just go right down the line. You can go to hell. If that's what you're trusting, you can go to hell for a minute. Right. But I thank the Lord that you, if you follow Jesus, He said, I'm the way. And listen tonight, He's the only way to heaven. He is the only way to heaven. And thank God tonight, if you're saved, you ought to thank the Lord you're not wrapped up in false doctrine and you're not wrapped up in some cult or some mismanaged religion. You ought to thank God tonight that you're not trusting your works but the grace of God. Because if you are, if you're saved tonight, you found the only way to heaven. He's the ordained way. 1 Peter 2, 4 says, To whom coming as in a, a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God. Chosen of God. He's the ordained way. God ordained His Son to be the Savior of mankind. He is ordained by God. John 3, 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He is the ordained way. He is the open way. Amen. Thank God the door's open tonight. If you want to be saved, you can be saved. Amen. I'm glad this way is not a secluded way. It's not a way just for the good. It's not a way just for the clean. It's not, listen to me. I'm glad this way is for all men, women, boys and girls. Red, yellow, black and white. They can come to Him by faith and be saved. Why? Because it's an open way. An open way. 
That word way, it's referring to something which makes movement in a certain direction possible. John 6, 37, Jesus says, All the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that come to me I will in no wise cast out. Listen to me, I'm so glad the night I got saved as a 16-year-old boy. I didn't bow my knees and God reached over the banisters of heaven and said, All right, son, get your checkbook out. If he had done that, I had nothing that night. I mean, listen, a 16-year-old boy. I mean, my daddy let us know we didn't own anything. Our shoes belonged to him. Our clothes belonged to him. Our bed belonged to him. The bathroom belonged to him. The carpet belonged to him. Everything belonged to him. And if we wanted to act wrong, we could do it. But everything that we had, he'd take it back. We got in an argument one time. I was a teenage boy. And, and, and I said, you know what? I'll just leave. He said, get naked and go. He said, you ain't even going to take your drawers with you. <laughs> really changed my thoughts about leaving. But tonight I'm saying this. I thank God that Jesus is all I need for direction. I'm glad tonight I'm not lost in my sin. Tossed to and fro here and there. I listen in all my way to hell. But thank God Jesus, the Savior of sinners, He found me. He's direction. I got a real good illustration for this, but time will not allow. I'm saving it for another time. The Lord is our direction. If you need direction tonight, look to Him. There is something wrong when a lost person comes for help and people point them to anyone but the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was in Bible college, I went home the first summer. That's before I met Kim and I got a job at Kubota Tractor Factory. I'd worked my whole, I mean, cut grass and stuff, but I'd never worked a job like that. And I've probably told y'all, and I've been six years, you've probably heard everything you got, and you'll probably hear it again, but I never worked a job like that. And they said, you're going to work about 40, 40. You might work a little overtime. And from the day I started to the day I left, we never worked less than like 70 hours a week. And there was this gentleman that worked with me. He was a forklift driver. And uh, we got to talking, and I got to witnessing to him. We got to be kind of friends. And, and, uh, and, 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 and one day I really put it on him pretty heavy. And I mean, I got right down to it. And I said, if you die today, are you going to heaven or hell? He said, I'm going to hell. And I said, but you told me you go to church. He said, I go every time doors open. And the church he belonged to was this huge mega church. And I, don't, I ain't afraid to tell you. You'll see it on TBN all the time. Free Chapel Worship Center. Jensen Franklin, he's a preacher there. They got about 10, 15,000 every Sunday. And I said, how did you become a member of that church and you don't even know if you're saved? He said, they never asked me. He said, they never asked me. I said, what do you mean? How do you become a member? He said, well, you have to go through the membership class. And I said, now I'm just 18, you're 19 year old. I said, so let me ask you, in the membership class, they never asked you, they never asked you if you've been saved, if you were going to, he said, no. I said, what kind of question they ask? He said, well, we had to fill out a form where we worked and how much we made. How much our income was and they told us about how much we're supposed to give and, and then they had a whole class about what we like to do and what kind of ministries we want to be a part of and, 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 and I mean you, I said, you mean to tell me in six weeks of that class they never asked you, do you know if you're saved? And the truth is that man, I don't know, God help him, if he's still alive today, I hope he got out of that mess 
And I hope he got born again. But the truth of the matter is, there's many a church in this country today that's more concerned about offerings and tithes and giving than the souls of men. But I'm glad, listen, I found the way and I found direction. But he says, no, that I'm the way. He says, I'm the truth. I'm the truth. He didn't say, I have the truth. He said, I am the truth. So he's all I need tonight for direction. And not just for the sinner, but for the saint. We have to have direction too. If, you wanna, if you've got a question in your mind about whether you should do so, now ask yourself this, can I follow Jesus into this? Because if you can't, then it's not right for you. But he's also all I need for my doctrine. He said, I'm the truth. I am the truth. By saying this, Jesus was claiming to be the expression of the absolute truth about God's nature, God's idea of humanity, and the relationship of, between man and between God. He is the truth. Now popular thinking says that there is no truth. They, and, and, and then there's some that teach that truth is relative. It's circumstantial. It's just it, what's true today might be not true tomorrow. But Jesus said, I am the truth. And today, have you, is, it, is it not, is it not, um, is it not, uh, I don't believe it's a coincidence that our nation now has no use for truth. You don't know why? Because the church, long time ago, stopped making an emphasis on truth. We can point our finger at the liberals. We can point our finger at, at the God deniers. We can point our finger at the evolutionists and the baby killers. We can blame them all we want, but the, the apostasy in America, it's come from our churches. That's where it's come from. All... Listen, all of our doctrine must be consistent with the person and the teachings of Jesus Christ. You see, there's this debate now, and, and you know what's coming up, the election. I wasn't going to say nothing about it, but it is. And they're saying that, you know, Biden's talking about we believe in science. And they're acting as if, if, you, if you're pro-life, if you're anti-gay marriage, if you're, if you're, if, if you're anti-communism, then you don't believe in science. Now let me say this. I, I thank God for science. This brought us a lot of good things. Right? All them things I mentioned, electricity and all that, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad for all that. But when science contradicts Jesus, science is wrong. Amen. You see tonight, my doctrine, my, what I believe and what I, what I base my life on doesn't come from a laboratory. It doesn't come from a classroom. But it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And so when they say that, oh, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, it doesn't matter uh, about this, you know, I know today they done come out, the Pope said he thinks it's all right now for men to marry men. And, when, and let me tell you, I don't care if the Pope says it. Jesus said, for this cause shall a man, yeah. a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. 
So take your science and smoke it and whatever you want to do, I'm going to stand with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's absolute truth. Absolute truth. Unchanging truth. Thank God He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. They've changed their books in the schools. They teach their children things that are not true about the history of our country. And let me say this. I'm glad. I thank God I'm a Christian. I thank God I'm saved. But I am also glad that I'm an American tonight. We've all got friends or family that we know that went to war for this nation, that fought and bled for this nation. And it ought to ruffle your feathers. It ought to turn your stomach. It ought to get your attention when people are spitting on the United States of America. He's absolute truth. Any teaching that contradicts the teaching of Christ is not truth. It's a lie. Jesus is the litmus test of all truth. He's absolute truth. But He's also apprehendable truth. What I mean to say is this. There's a lot of things you and I can't understand. Have you ever talked to somebody who's really, really smart? And most people that are really, really, really smart, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, off the chart smart, they have a hard time just having a conversation with anybody. I mean, they struggle with that because their mind's so far above our mind and, and I don't need no jokes right now. But anyhow, I'm so glad that Jesus is not some truth that, you know, the Greeks, they were obsessed with that. They, the, the, the philosophers and all those men, they would sit around and they'd come up with these wild and, and, and crazy ideas, these deep things that were just far, things you could not apprehend. There's a lot of things I don't, I cannot apprehend about science and the environment and 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 and, and all that happens in the atmosphere and the. And I, I don't understand all that. I don't understand how the water falls from the sky and lands in the rivers and the lakes and the oceans and then goes back up in the sky and falls again. I don't know how the trees take carbon monoxide and turn it into oxygen. I don't understand that. I don't understand gravity. I know it works though. Amen. And, but anyhow. I, I don't understand those things. I can't explain to you all the algorithms, algorithms and, and theories. I don't know why pi equals 3.14, whatever it is. I don't understand that. But I do know one thing. I know the Lord Jesus Christ. I may not be able to tell you the square root of 4,638,000,000, but I can tell you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. That He come to this earth. He bled and died. He arose again. He saved my soul and He's the hope of my life. Little Cash, he's not here tonight. I don't, is Cash seven or eight? I don't know. He's young. Eight. And y'all know I love that little boy and he loves me. They're not here so I'm not picking favorites. I love your kids too. But, But you know that little boy, he's special to me. He loves me. He really does. He wants, I mean, he cuts his hair like me. He's a Georgia fan now. And it convicts me, honestly, it does, because I know he's watching me. And he's had such a hard time. You know, he's wanted to get saved for a long time. And he struggled with it so much, he just couldn't understand. I mean, a little eight-year-old boy, he couldn't understand. But I'm telling you what, that morning he come to this altar, he understood. He understood. 
I could hear when he called out on God, he understood. He said, oh God, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Save me, Lord. I mean, listen right there. And he looked up with tears in his eyes and a smile on his face. He said, I got Dave, bud, Dave. I got Dave. I said, praise God you got Dave. Amen. And what I'm saying is, I'm glad a six-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, you say, can they be saved? Oh, if they come to the knowledge of the truth, they can be saved. And thank God the salvation that's in the Lord is not some high. I'm not, don't misunderstand me. There's no deeper, higher truth than that. But I'm glad the Holy Ghost can make it so plain that a child can be saved. For my doctrine, he's all I need. For my direction, he's all I need. And he says this, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. For my delight, he's all I need. Many people are alive, but they're not living. True delight, listen, true delight can only be found in the life of that Jesus offers. Jesus never spoke about temporary life. He's talking about eternal life. And he says that only Thomas, now remember here's old Thomas, he's worried to death. Where are you going and how can we get there? Jesus said, I'm the way, Thomas. If you need direction, look to me. He said, I'm the truth. If you need doctrine, I'm all you need. And then he says, Thomas, I'm the life. He said, I'm your delight. I, I can give you something. You know, life, and, and, and again, here we go. I don't, I don't want to get on all this, but life began with God. He breathed into man's nostrils and he became a what? A living soul. And by the way, we're not the same as, as dogs and cats and cows. And I thank God for cows and steak and all that. But we're not the same. They have no soul. Amen. I mean, I love my dogs. I do. I love them a lot. I've proved to one of them this week how much I loved her. About died for her 14 times trying to save her out of beautiful bottoms. But anyhow, but the truth is, I love them things. But brother, hey, if I went out, oh, I don't want to say that. If I, if they died tonight, if they died tonight, they're going to be dead. And that's it. They're done. Amen. They're worm food. That's it. But every person alive has got life in you. You've got a soul in you. But when you're, when you're born, you're lost and you're dead spiritually. And you're trespassing in sins. But when you get saved, He makes you alive in Christ. The Holy Spirit, that's what regeneration is. That's why we like, that's why I like talking about being born again. Being, being born again. That's what happened to you, brother, seven years ago. That's why you're not in the gang anymore. That's why you don't have the needles in your arm anymore. That's why you're not, listen, that's not why you're ready to die anymore. Because you've been set free and made alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've told y'all this, but I'll tell you again, that bull boy and his mama is in the kitchen. They're getting ready for fixed supper. And, and mama went out there in the yard and grabbed a chicken, you know, and wrung his neck. And, and that old chicken took off running, had his neck wrung off. And that little boy was looking out the window watching that chicken run around with his head cut off. And she finally caught it, come back in, and, uh, and, and, you know, finished it off and brought it in. And that little boy said, Mama, 
That chicken was dead and he didn't even know it. <laughs> and you know tonight we all know people. You go to you kids go to school with kids and you moms and dads, you go to work with people every day. We cross paths with them at Walmart and the grocery store and at the gas station and up and down these roads, they're dead and they don't even know it. But thank God if you're saved, you've got life. But you don't just have any life. You've got eternal life. Life that only God can give. It's an abundant life. Not an ordinary life. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I'm going to have life and have it more abundantly. Listen tonight. If my life is not an abundant life, I cannot blame anyone but myself. Because Jesus has made available to every believer an abundant life. An abundant life. People pity us. They think we're just so... Them poor people. Poor people. On a Wednesday night, I guarantee you somebody's drove by tonight. Said, look at all them cars. On a Wednesday night, they've gone to work. They've gone to school and here they are in church and on the Wednesday night and I'm getting to have my good time and drink my cold beer and, and watch TV and, and there they are. But you know what? They don't understand. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm not here tonight because I have to be here. Oh, listen, I'm here because of the life that He's given me. It's a wonderful life. It's an abundant life. A life is an abundant life. But it's an accomplished life, one that brings victory. Romans 8, 37 says, We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You do not have to be defeated in your life. You can have victory. And the only way to have victory is by and through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing that we all believe, or for the most part I believe in here, agree that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But then, Brother Aaron, we try to do everything else to fix all of our problems. He's not just the only way to heaven. He's the only way for you to have victory. He's the only way for you to have joy. He's the only way. He is, he is, the, he is the answer to all those questions. It's an abiding life. He says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. This life that he's given us is a life that will never end. We can't comprehend eternity, can we? You know, I guess the older you get, the more you start realizing how short time is, how quickly life goes by. This Saturday, Ginger, is it Saturday? Sunday? Monday? I was close. She's going to be 13 year old. Boy, that makes me so mad. <laughs> Y'all need to pray for me. I probably need to get on meds. Because... Hey, easy. I mean, it just makes me just, mm, mm. Because I've dismissed that, oh, shit, everybody's, oh, wait till they're a teenager. Oh, that's not, that's going to be, but here we are. Here we are. But I'm glad that we have an abiding life in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. You say, well, I believe you can lose it. It's not yours to lose. I'm not keeping myself saved. He's keeping me saved. You see, tonight, we're saved by grace and we're kept by grace. 
Do you really think tonight that Jesus saves a sinner? I mean, let's just say, let's just say that, that a person comes and they're lost and they come to the altar and they've got all this sin in their life and they've got all these problems and scars and burdens and they kneel down and they say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. And the Lord says, I'll save you. And he saves them. And then he says, all right, now get up and you figure out the rest. That's not how it works. Over there in, in Romans 8, verse, I believe it's verse 32. I may be wrong. Paul wrote, and he says, For God who spared not His own Son will also give us freely. He will also give us freely all things that pertain to life. If He gave us His Son, if He saved our soul, then listen, He'll keep us saved. Right. Jude said, Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Amen. Amen. I am not persevering. I am preserved by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a difference. Listen, I am sealed, the Bible says, until the day of redemption. Who is it that sealed us? The Holy Ghost. And did you know the only way that that seal could be broken is for someone stronger and greater than Him to get a hold of my life. And there's none stronger and there's none greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get sealed, anybody ever done any cannon? You know when it pops? When you got saved, He sealed you. And until the day of redemption, you'll never perish. And on that day, you know, we'll receive a new body, a glorified body, like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll live forever. So all tonight, I just want you to know is this. He's all you need. He's all you need. For direction, for direction, ask yourself this. Can I follow Jesus into this? Is He the one I'm following or is it me? Or is it something else? Then for doctrine, we see all this on the TV. Is it true? Well, does it contradict or is it consistent with the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ? For delight. For delight. 